What's up, everybody? This is the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. Also, please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating and a review for the Welcome to the Show podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps people to find our show. CT, what's good? What's going on, Manny? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You had a you had a you had a long night, didn't you? Huh? Yeah. Uh, just got back from California, Los Angeles, nice. and the only way out of the LAX airport is a connecting flight. So, you know, our original flight got delayed, which means we missed our connecting flight. So we had to book another one, and it was pushed back like a couple of hours, which we're ahead three hours over here. So it was like a big mess. That sucks. Yeah, but I'm good, man. Did you run into any celebrities while you were out there? No, I did not. Mm. Unfortunately, did you catch uh, a did you catch a Dodgers game or an Angels game? Went to an Angels game, but the Dodgers were not in town. So, but the Angel Stadium is beautiful. But I I think I mentioned this to you guys. It was pretty much empty. Mm-hmm. So, I you know I love Mike Trout and everything, yeah. but why would why would anybody ever want to play for a team that doesn't sell out crowds? You know, is do you think that they didn't sell out because the team isn't? I mean, they're they're more competitive, I think now, but they're not really in it in the, the division wise. Maybe that's why. I mean, okay, sellout is a little bit too much maybe because i i feel like the only teams that sell out these days are like the red sox the yankees Yankees on a good night and the astros maybe yeah and the dodgers but i feel like la is a is a big city Mm -hmm. um i'm not saying it had to be sold out but it wasn't it was the angels versus the oakland a's i feel like there's there has to be that's even more of a reason for that stadium to be a little bit more packed because there's A's fans around you know and stuff cross town rivals yeah, and it really wasn't. It was, I would say, maybe a third of the stadium was almost full. But, for example, when Trout hit that home run, it was amazing. But mm-hmm. he, could, he could probably hear everyone's cheers all around the stadium because it was that empty. Yeah. That you know? sucks. Yeah, that And sucks. I don't know why. I, I don't know how much this plays into an athlete's decision to play anywhere. I, maybe it doesn't mean anything because players sign for a lot of money for, like, you know, like, Machado with the Padres and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they really don't care about the stadium capacity and like how how many fans go to the games. But it must be really boring playing eighty two games, you know, in front of a half empty stadium yeah. all year round. So, yeah, I mean, I remember when the Angels went to the World Series. I think it was against the San Francisco. Gi- no, was it was it Angels Giants that year? I don't remember. I think they went to the World Series. Don't don't quote me on that. Two thousand two. Something like that. They went. F- I know that they went to the ALCS, and I remember that's when K Rod came out, and he was an unhittable. And they had the thunder sticks and the rally monkey and all that shit. And that stadium looked pretty crazy. Um, but they, I, f- I feel like since then they haven't really been competitive. I think Trout's only been to the postseason once, and it was a disappointment. You know what I mean? Like that. That team has just, just hasn't been. Like I said, hasn't been competitive. That division, actually, if you think about it, aside from the Astros over the last few few years. That division's been pretty lame. Like, when is the last time a World Series came out of that division? You know? Yeah. I can't, you know, aside from the the Houston Astros, again, I, I don't remember the Texas Rangers winning a World Series. I don't remember the A's. I don't, I mean, the A's in the 80s, I guess, 88. 
the Angels, even when they were the California Angels and the Mariners, I don't remember seeing World Series World Series championships from those teams. So before the before the Astros, I I would have to say that it was the Oakland A's in the eighties. I think it was eighty eight, eighty nine, or something that they won the World Series. Maybe maybe it's just me though. Maybe I'm the only one. Not not me. I know a lot of people think this way, but maybe we we just put too much. Maybe we care more about stadiums than players do you know i don't know yeah, maybe yeah. they don't care to play in front of the you know the bright lights i guess in front of a sold out crowd you know but i i know it has to be better than playing in an empty stadium so yeah. i don't know it's, don't it's know, weird man. and it's a know. but it's it's a really beautiful stadium and it was drizzling while we were there and mm. i i feel like one drop didn't land on me wow. i don't know if it's the way that the stadium was architected architectured or anything mm-hmm. but it you know it handled that pretty well Overall, the stadium was really, really nice. Um, and, yeah, Mike Trout is amazing. Yeah, he is, man. All right. So we have a lot to talk about today, CT. We're going to talk about the David Ortiz incident. I feel like, you know, for some reason, I feel like it would be important for us to share our experiences in, in the Dominican Republic. Because I feel like since that incident happened, DR already was getting a bad, had a bad reputation for crime and all that stuff. But since that incident happened, I've been hearing a lot of stuff. And I just want to demystify mm-hmm. some things that people are saying about the Dominican Republic. I also want to talk about big league brawls, the Muncie Bumgarner situation and Donaldson and Musgrove. Then I want to touch on the Yankees missing out on Dallas Keuchel. Um, a lot of, a lot has happened over the last week. And then we, we'll talk some NBA, uh, the Warriors Raptors that that series has turned into a monster. So, all right, let's start with the with the big poppy news. Let me just break it down for everybody. Just give me a few minutes, and I'll break it down. So, on Sunday, it was reported that David Ortiz had been shot in the back in a failed assassination attempt. Originally, they said that it was a robbery, that it was a, a robbery gone bad. But then after video surfaced, it turns out that it was a failed assassination. Uh, rumors were later, were later came out that it was a drug lord. Again, this, is a, this hasn't been confirmed. It's just a rumor. That that David Ortiz or or the dr- uh, drug lord's girlfriend had been cheating on him with David Ortiz, so the drug lo- drug lord put a hit out on David Ortiz. Um, the guy, if you watch the video, the guy comes up to David Ortiz from behind, shoots him, and runs away. And uh, later, video surfaces of the guy getting beaten almost to death by a crowd of people, which I found to be disturbing, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, so. Just want to point, just real quick. I just want to point. Oh yeah, and now so David Ortiz was later flown to to Mass uh, Hospital in Boston, and and now he's listed as as uh, stable. He's in stable condition, so it turns out that he's going to be okay. Thank God, according to Marley Rivera. Um, so I just wanted to point out a few things before we get into some of our reactions. So this, so I I don't want to start any any new rumors or try to downplay what happened to David Ortiz in any way, shape or form. Any, any person getting shot for any reason, in my opinion is unjustified. There's no reason to shoot bullets into another person. Um, you know, try to kill them and try to kill them at all, which is what that guy, which is what that guy was trying to do, which is what that guy was trying to do. But what, what, what I feel like people just aren't asking. And that, that rumor did come out about the drug Lord is that nobody, it, it also isn't the case that somebody would just come up to you for no reason and shoot you. There is a reason. Um, and that's what I don't, what I, but what I don't want to, I don't want to get into this whole thing where, where to me, where it sounds like I'm trying to say that David Ortiz is a bad guy or whatever, but I haven't heard people ask, ask the question 
of why yet. Instead, they're showing pictures of this guy who got his, who got beaten to almost to death, um, and you know, saying that he deserves to be in jail, whatever, which he does. But we're not, you know, when those people were beating that that kid almost to death, nobody was considering, you know, why he did what he did. Because there um, there has to be some there has to be something behind it, and I don't know if it's just the drug lord thing. There's a lot of rumors circulating about David Ortiz. Um, we t- we spoke to Eddie Dominguez last year. He and he told us about how da- how David Ortiz was accused of gambling, and that once he was uh, confronted with it, almost all the gambling rings, all the gambling operations around Fenway Park were shut down. Which which kind of you know is it's it's almost like an unspoken you know admission that you were involved. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it sounds to me like he's been involved with a lot of shady people. Um, if he was, if he was, you know, banging <laughs> this drug lord's, drug lord's girlfriend, he's a married man with kids. Um, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think, CT? Uh, I don't know. I'm, we're, we're both Dominican. I'm in several Dominican chats where it's like a softball team that I play for on the weekend and stuff. And when it comes to Dominican news, they're quicker than Twitter, right? Like mm-hmm. they got, they got all the details that you probably haven't even heard about yet this is what i've seen from the thread of messages in that chat and a lot of it's disturbing because a lot of the videos are the same you know it's basically the same video the guy getting beat up in a different angle or whatever everybody had their phones out and all that shit i don't know what ortiz did but apparently he got this girl alexis or something and Mm. she isn't she he is married so he's he's not innocent in this um it's definitely has something to do with that girl I've seen videos of that girl on Instagram. She looks like one of those, you know, modern day plastic surgery girls. Was this the same? Her- My sister sent me a video of a girl at, at the clinic and she was causing a scene. Is that the same girl? Yeah, it looks to be the same girl. And again, oh, shit. it seems like it seems like there's a video for everything to go along with this story. So I don't know how much to believe it. And I don't know. Have you ever seen those Dominican edited videos? When they're trying to expose someone, it's really put to, it's put together kind of crappy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I never know what to believe in those videos or not. But the ones that I've seen, yeah, she was involved in altercation involving this whole thing at the clinic. Uh, yeah, she's. I think she received payment from David Ortiz, or at least received a car from David Ortiz, fully paid. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I've even seen I've even seen some pornographic videos of her through those chats. So I don't know what this girl is, but she's. She's definitely, uh, you know, some uh, an important figure in this mm. whole story, yeah, and she's yeah. out there. Like I don't know, yeah. but I don't know what to believe about the whole thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, another thing that I wanted to put to put this into context a little bit. The the other reason why I feel like the question of why is important in this whole thing, and in, in understanding why somebody would go out of their way to try to kill David Ortiz is that he is a beloved figure in the Dominican Republic and in baseball altogether. And in DR, when you're as beloved as David Ortiz is, um, as much as impoverished as the country is and and as much as crime, the, the country is riddled with crime and all that stuff, more often than not, people don't fuck with you if you're a well-respected person in the Dominican Republic because a person like David Ortiz builds schools, builds uh, baseball stadiums. You know, he helps the community. If anything, yeah. people people are extremely grateful and look at him as some sort of god. I mean, 
they showed a picture of his father holding all the jewelry that that David Ortiz uh, wore that night, and it was filled with blood and all that stuff. And that in itself shows you that he felt comfortable enough to sit at a nightclub outside in La Capital, which for me, I I don't like going to La Capital because I find it to be kind of shady. But he apparently felt comfortable enough to do that. He's sitting out there with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. He's David Ortiz, a god in the country. Um, he didn't expect this to happen. He had no fear whatsoever. Um, but I, to me, it, that in a way, it lends it lends uh, credence or whatever the word is. It makes that story about the, the girl seem more legit. <laughs> yeah, like it seems like it's po- it's possible that he was like, you know, uh, s- sneaking around doing some, yeah. you know, cheating on his wife and stuff. I wouldn't put it past him, especially yeah. if he has all that money. I mean, that's crazy, man. And I know, so, but again, I yeah. don't know what to believe of the whole thing. But if if everything that I'm seeing is true, then you know what's to stop that guy from trying to assassinate Ortiz again, or at least you know another guy. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the guy that got caught and beat up. You know, I don't know what his status is right now, but what's to stop the drug lord from getting somebody else? You know, I don't know. Right. And so, yeah. So, yeah, I was going to play a clip of Pedro Martinez talking about the whole David Ortiz incident to kind of put into context how people feel about David Ortiz. But I, I don't think that's necessary. I think we've done enough in that regard. But um, just so this so this is the thing that that that's bothered that's bothering me a lot so a lot of stories have been coming out about people uh dying in dominican resorts and people going missing in the dominican republic and all this stuff and i understand that that's a serious concern for people we've heard horror stories about the dominican republic about not traveling at night by yourself in places that you're not familiar with and so on and so forth but there's places so the thing that i that i that kind of bothers me is that there's places like that here in the united states i mean I was a yeah. social I was a social worker in Jersey for like two years, and I had students in Irvington, New Jersey. And there were times that I was more scared driving through Irvington, New Jersey, by myself than I ever was in the Dominican Republic. When you know, when we're leaving our community of of Corozo, where we're from, um, and another thing too is when when video surfaces of of people beating the shit out of this guy, I understand that there's anger there and all that stuff. It kind of it, it like paints a picture of us because the way it looked, it looked like a bunch of animals, like just just attacking yeah. this guy. And I know that he, you know, I don't. I, I, later, I, I found out, I heard that he was actually the getaway guy. He wasn't the guy who shot him. Oh, um, wow. but you know, I, I myself, speaking for myself, I spent my entire life trying to demystify Dominican stereotypes that Dominican guys are players that we drink a lot of alcohol we're alcoholics and i drink a lot of alcohol um (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that but but i feel like you and i you know and our cousins and my parents our parents and we're we're kind of the example of dominican men and women who are successful and that we don't behave in this manner you know what i'm saying and i feel like we don't get we don't get the kind of recognition that we deserve you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that i want like you know, MTV or ESPN to put a camera in our homes and in our families to show a, a successful Dominican family. But we, you know, when when we show people beating the shit out of this guy, and not only that, another thing I noticed is all, all these men are holding beers and drinks and shit in the middle of the night while they're watching this yeah. guy, and everybody's whipping out their phone. And 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 I, I think I heard one guy say, "Don't kill him" in Spanish, 
no lo mate, no lo mate. So he, you know, you know, with him, we'll find the other guy or whatever, or we'll find out why they did this. There's only one sensical voice in that entire group of people. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It just, it, it, for me, it upset me a little bit. And then the, 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 the sharing of the video, like, you're right. It's, it's as, as soon as the incident happened, it seemed like a few hours later, whole bunch of chats with people sending us videos of this shit. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, they're really, yeah. they're really just, they don't give a fuck. They're just sharing this shit, like, freely. <laughs> no, yeah. And, and in those chats that I'm a part of, it's not just Dominican stuff. They send videos from all over the world. I'm talking about, like, I can't even speak about the shit that I've seen in that chat. And I don't, I ignore it because, you know, I'm me. I, I can ignore that stuff and just keep it moving. But there's, there is some, like, there's some, what's it called? uh some some people like like seeing shit like that you know i feel like i'm in a chat with a bunch of guys that love seeing that gory you know guys jumping one guy or executing one guy and i've seen i've seen stuff like that it's crazy it's not just in dr Mm -hmm. so but i I understand what you mean you know the stereotype everything at the same time i i can't i somehow can't ever blame like and it's not entirely you know i'm not saying they're all innocent but i can't always blame these guys for acting the way they act when they grew up like in poverty you know they grew up like in a third world country and without education without education yeah so yeah they're not completely innocent because you know regardless of how i was raised i mean you know let me let me take that back i I was raised in a sense where like i feel like all our figures that were older than us were like responsible enough to show you the right way and teach Mm -hmm. you you know there's certain things you don't do there's laws there's rules and stuff like that so i'm not i I feel like it's it's 50 50 they're not 100 percent innocent but also they grew up in a different environment than we did, you know? Right. And it's like you said, they're out there in the middle of the night with bottles, beating up this guy. And, and instead of helping him, they're all just filming it. And, you know, and like I said, I, so I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and, and I've never been in a situation where I saw somebody get shot point blank, let alone a, be, a beloved figure in the country. But I'm going to admit something here. I've never gotten into a fight. I've never put my fist in somebody's face or anything like that. I can't even imagine doing it. You know what me I'm neither. saying? It to me, that's like a like. I get. I guess if some if somebody were to try to do something to my kids or to my wife, I would get to that point maybe. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. It just I just can't even imagine even getting to that point. Like to me, it's just like. You yeah, know. it's like, it's like I said, like they, they they grew up a certain way that I can't be mad at them about but at the same time man like how is it how does it ever make sense for a group of people to just gang up on one dude yeah one one i mean i know i know he's he was a part of the whole thing that happened but isn't it better to like you know incarcerate him and then maybe hold him there for right. questioning and stuff like exactly. you have to go to the extreme of trying to murder the guy like yeah broad daylight right and that's the thing and that's the that's the idea of due process is what if you got the wrong guy what if this guy had nothing to do with it what if this guy was just riding his motorcycle which in dr everybody has a motorcycle and the shooter popped on him and said go or i'm gonna shoot you in the head or whatever you know what i'm saying we don't know and then i'm pretty sure that the people that were there don't know what's going on it's almost just like oh they're they're kicking this guy they're beating the shit out of him i'm gonna do it too but it it, it was to a point you know i get it you're gonna tackle him and punch him to keep him down or whatever but it was to a point where this guy was like you could tell he didn't know where the fuck he was anymore there's blood coming out of every part of his body and people are hurling bottles at him slamming his head on the floor kicking him and i'm just like jesus christ like when's enough enough you know what i mean like yeah. let's 
let's get some information on it. But it was it was um it was disturbing. I found it to be really disturbing. And and you know, thank God that Ortiz is is okay. Um, uh, I, I kind of feel sorry for now. I kind of feel sorry for his wife too, because she's gonna have to deal with this shit. If he, if he was cheating with on her and all this stuff and his kids, it's going to be hard to explain this away. And I don't know how Boston handles this. If, if it comes out that, that, uh, that it is true that, that he was cheating on his wife and this, that's what caused this incident. Does, does do the Red Sox like, you know, acknowledge him when he comes, nah. when he gets out of the hospital, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't. I don't see anyone. I actually don't see Ortiz acknowledging any of this cheating accusations. Yeah. I feel like it's all gonna get, you know, swept under the rug. We're not really gonna hear about it. I mean, I will hear about it because again, those Dominican chats are, <laughs> are like fucking Twitter on steroids with with this with these you know with like Hispanic news, not just well, Dominican news. Even the Ortiz shooting, man. I feel like I heard from it first from from these chats than I did on Twitter or anywhere else. Yeah. It's and like I saw people the just, video. Yeah, right? Like we saw video footage of of the guy getting beat up and uh and of the actual like security camera catching the shooting and, and act. Mm-hmm. Like it was it's pretty scary how well, mm-hmm. everything that happened, but again, you know, we're we're going to hear about it. I yeah. doubt that ESPN is going to report that Ortiz like, you know, was admitted to cheating with a drug lord's wife or whatever she turns out to be. Right, right, right. I've seen Crazy. a lot of videos of her, man, and you know, she's not like she's she's not just a nobody. Was it worth it, man? What the videos? <laughs> no. Was it was it worth getting shot over? <laughs> oh nah, hell no. <laughs> Nothing's worth getting shot over. <laughs> I had to end it on a light note. My bad. <laughs> I would say no, it wasn't worth it. Is All what right. I would say. All right, let's leave it at that. All right, let's move on to uh, the Muncie and the Bumgarner situation. On Sunday, Madison Bumgarner faced off uh, against the Dodgers. And in the first inning, he was he must have woke up on the wrong side of bed because he was grumpy from the start. From the moment he stepped on the mound, he was he was bitching at the umpire. This is and that. He didn't like the way he was calling balls and strikes. And then Muncie hits the ball fucking to another planet. That shit was one of the longest home runs I've seen this season. And Muncie literally all he all he does is he stares at the ball briefly. Like I've seen Aaron Hicks is way worse than what Muncie does. Like Hicks will walk halfway up to the first or whatever. Muncie literally hit the ball, stared for like a split second, flipped his bat, and started running. And Madbum apparently told him, "Well, let's hear what let's hear Muncie's comments real quick, and then I'll play what Madbum what Madbum said." Seemed to be, to be some exception to uh, Madison Bumgarner on that home run. What exactly uh, was the exchange there? What do you think happened? Well, he, uh, you know, I hit the ball and then he yelled at me. He said, "Don't watch the ball. You run." Um, and I just responded back, uh, "You know, if you want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean." <laughs> so yeah, so he told <laughs> that him girl, that girl's all giggly, man. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Don't look at don't look at the ball you run or whatever. And it's just like like this is the thing we've said. I think I've said this about Bumgarner before. Like, dude, get over yourself, man. Like he crushed the shit out of that ball. Don't give up home runs if you don't like people staring at the balls. But then he makes a good point at the end of the game. This is a little bit of a longer clip. So bear with me. Uh, reporters surround his locker room and he's actually in a joking mood like he's happy for some reason. Something tells me there's something wrong with Madbum, which makes me makes me want him more for some reason. But anyway. <laughs> um yeah 
Um, well, you want him you, on the Yankees is what you're I saying. I want him on the Yankees. He's a fucking psycho, and I like psychos because right, they're killers. They, they win games. Um, anyway, so this is what he had to say. Let's listen. It's a little bit longer. You know, the more, oh God, I can't even say it with a straight face. I was going to say the more I think about it, you got to just let the kids play. That's what, that's what everybody's saying, but I can't. <laughs> well, what did he do? Is just a long stare at the home run? Or? Oh, he just struck a pose and walked further than I liked. That's fine, you know. You want to do that, do it, but I'm going to do what I want to do. So. It's funny, you're laughing about it a little bit. Are you softening at all towards that kind of stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't make that mistake. Well, yeah, in, in all seriousness, I mean, I think that the game is changing a little bit in terms of what is. Oh, it is for sure. It is. You yeah. just, not for you though. No, I mean, they want to let everybody be themselves, and you know, let me be myself. That's me. You know, I'd just assume fight than walk or whatever. So that was that. That's the point that that I wanted to get to. And he kind of got me there. Like, at first, I was like, uh, Mad Bum is a little bitch for crying about this. It wasn't a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But then he makes a good point. This is him. You know, you baseball is encouraging players to be themselves. So let me be me, he said. This is who I am. And I, I got to, you know what? I got to give him credit for it. Yes, be you. Um, as long as it doesn't cause some scuffle where somebody gets injured or whatever, um, then yeah, but talk shit at the hitter as much as you want if he hits it, you know, out of the yard. I guess in a way for me, it seems like Bumgarner's put everyone on notice. This is who I am. I am going to talk shit about you. It didn't sound to me like he wanted to fight or anything because later on, one of the reporters asked him, did you see Muncie when he called you over to fight or whatever? And he said, no, I didn't see that. I must have had my back turned. And he was surprised by that. He looked like, oh shit, like really? Like, I didn't think, I didn't think it was that bad or whatever. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that that you, like do you agree that that if this is who Mad Bum is, then just let him be this way? As like you know, as much as we say, go ahead, flip bats, let the kids play. This is Mad Bum. Just let Mad Bum be Mad Bum. Yeah, I mean it's cool if Mad Bum does it, but I want to see like the same acceptance when. Do you remember uh, what's what's this dude's name? Yordano Ventura, I think it was his name. He, oh he my passed God, away yeah. on the Royals. Yordano Ventura, yeah. Yeah, he was. He kind of had like that same flair where he didn't, you know. I remember he he used to throw at batters for less, and throwing oh at batters God, is yeah. one thing. Th- throwing at batters is, is one thing, but he was a hothead, you know. Like they, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hotheads in the league. It seems like we all glorify Bumgarner because he's Bumgarner, which is cool. And I'm I'm cool with, and I said it before. Like even though I don't agree with pitchers throwing at batters, if they feel offended some sort of way, we can't. We can't judge them for reacting the way they react. No, it's not right. But even with the Ortiz thing, like, is it worth sending an assassin to kill somebody because you got cheated on? No, but I've also never been in love with a girl that badly where I, you know, I feel like maybe he is in love with that girl. Maybe he justifies it in his brain why he's allowed to do certain things. So it's like I'm I'm. I'm not mad when pitchers react, but again, Bumgarner, like, get over yourself, man. Like yeah. that, that was nothing. And also, it kind, it kind of makes it seem like he's causing shit to maybe stop him, stop the Giants from trading him because I don't think he wants to get traded. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm cool with it, and I feel like we can't control what a pitcher does if a batter decides to flaunt and you know flip his bat. I feel like we can't control. We can't get upset when a pitcher throws out a batter because. Yeah. Certain people, they're hotheads, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't think it's right, we can't blame them for getting mad. 
then again, Bumgarner, like that was nothing. Like Muncie does that for every home run that he hits. And, and it that re- was one of the, and that was one of the longer home runs that he hit. So if anything, <laughs> like he had the right kind of Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Like No, it wasn't. I don't know, man. I, I understand now why he had that beef with Yasiel Puig a few a few weeks back. Yeah. A few years back, I mean. Uh, but back to what he said about let him be him, I'm I'm cool with that. So yeah. I am cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. I I mean I, I'm not cool with there's one thing I disagree with. I don't like the whole retaliation thing, the hitting batters or whatever, because th- this is a hard fucking ball that you're throwing at people. But talk shit then. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of throwing at somebody, and the next time he comes up, maybe maybe throw it a little inside, push him back a little bit, or or whatever. Um, but yeah, you and then what? yeah, real quick, I'm cool. We they could talk shit and everything like that. The whole hitting batters thing, it's only a problem for me when they get them in the wrist or like the head yeah. and stuff like that. But on the elbow and on the ass or like yeah, on the yeah. thigh, on the back, I feel like come on, it's it's a hard ball, but. I have been hit with a baseball, not as hard as they have, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I th- I feel like they can get over it. And if anything, it's like, yo, you're giving me a free base. Right. Like, as much as a batter should, as much as a pitcher shouldn't, ret- it's always going to be worse on the pitcher because the pitcher's retaliating over, like, maybe, like, a home run that he gave up or something or maybe mm-hmm. something the batter did when you got a base hit. So it's always going to look worse on the pitcher. But the same breath that we we shouldn't want pitchers to retaliate, a batter could hold back and not retaliate and just take the base, you know? Yeah, that's true. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's always the pitcher retaliating for the way the batter reacts uh, after beating the pitcher. But the game in the game of baseball, the pitcher wins more often than the, batter do- than the batter does. What if it was the other way around, that every time a pitcher struck out a batter, that like a, batter, a batter tries to retaliate in the other direction? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't makes know. sense. I'm just saying, like you win more often than not as a pitcher. So not win, win, like win games, but you're you're defeating batters at a higher rate than batters are defeating you. Um, and and the, and you're gonna see you're gonna see this guy again, and you can defeat him the next time and get your revenge that way. Um, I, I, to me, the retaliation thing is more a reflection on the pitcher. It's the fisher, the pitcher's insecurity, the pitcher projecting onto the batter that he failed, so I'm pissed, and it's the batter's fault. It's not the batter's fault. The batter beat you fair and square. He has the yeah. right to stand there and stare at it and flip his bat and all that shit. Why the fuck not? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, it's something else, like with the Puig situation. I get when he when he's pimping a fucking double or some shit. That you know, that would piss me off. I guess because I don't know. Like I I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even make sense anymore, man. Yeah, and. We we also mentioned the Musgrove and Josh yeah. Donaldson situation. That one made even less sense because oh my god, yeah. Josh Donaldson got pegged. I could tell it wasn't intentional, but Josh Donaldson just had to like stare down the pitcher, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think either of them are wrong in anything that happened. But you can you can even say like you know why did Josh why did Josh Donaldson have to stare down the pitcher? I don't right. know. Like what was the point of that? Right. It, ca- it caused a rant. I don't know why they got thrown out of the game either. You know. Yeah. It's it's. It's 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 going to be a conversation that's never going to end, pretty much. That's why every time I see it now, every time I see a retaliation, I'm just like, all right, whatever. And I think it's for me, it seems like it's happening at a higher rate this year. Like the the confrontations and the discussions over the bat flips and, and all that shit are is, is more frequent this year. And I think it's a new crop of players entering the game now um, who who believe in the let the ki- the kids play mindset. And I think that there's going to be a change somewhere. And it and it's the older guys. The Donaldsons, you know, he's post-30. Madison Bumgarner's in his 30s. 
um, the guys who played with veterans, like in the, at the start of their career, or whatever, maybe were taught a different way. Those are the guys that aren't okay with it. But it seems like the the younger guys, the Marcus Strowmans of the world, he seems like he seems like the pitcher version of of a batter that that pimps a, a fly ball. Like he's talking to himself, he's doing the crit walk. He's you know what I'm saying. He has headphones on. Yeah. Um, and I think that th- this is just the evolution of the game. This is this is going to become the regular thing in the game. I think. In five, ten years from now, a, a hitter gets plunked. You might see a brawl, but I think they're going to be less frequent. I think you're going to see more bat flips. You're going to see more emotions on the mound, and I think that that's good for the game. I think that I think yeah. that that'll attract people to the game. You know what? I'm starting to think too that maybe maybe there, it's it's happening more now that pitchers are, you know, telling the batter that they don't like a certain thing. Maybe because baseball is always catering to offense now. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, let the too. kids play. Let them let them flip the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're thinking about ruling out the the shift. Yeah, there's a pitch clock now. Yeah, there's only going to be six mound visits now. You know, it's all about offense. Right. We might we might move the plate two feet back, and I feel like, you know, it's it's a dumb reason to pout over because it's not it's not like they're getting any advantage by flipping a bat or anything like that. But maybe the pitchers are just making a stand for themselves. I I feel like we only care about batters and stuff. You know, there's yeah. only four or five pitchers that we really care about in terms of like superstar status that's true so i don't know who knows let's let's move on to the yankees uh i don't really have anything about the red Sox to talk about but if you want to jump in i got nothing man i got nothing i've missed out on a lot of games this last week because uh you didn't miss much man the red Sox were not good last week yeah we uh so it was kind of weird. Everything, obviously, Cali's three hours behind where we're at. So all the games were taking place like midday, and I was missing all of them. So, <laughs> Well, it's, it seems to me like as much as Mookie for me is is the Red Sox uh, main player. And I remember last year saying that we're, how Mookie plays will decide how the Red Sox perform last year. And I think that whenever they went on a little minuscule, minuscule – slump last season it was it was during a time that Mookie was struggling for on some level and yeah. this year I feel like it's JD Martinez when he's on the field and performing the team seems to score a lot of runs when he's not on the field the team is not is not doing much mm-hmm. um and I feel like it's kind of it kind of I think I said this last year too that adding Martinez to that lineup just extends it so much further and I feel like that kind of it's kind of it kind of showed that last week um and I feel like also that um, his back issues are going to be a problem moving forward. It's just too much now. He's how many times has he missed games because of this? I don't um, know. It feels like it feels like it's happening a lot though. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, do you still? All right. So here's a crazy. And I didn't have anything about the Red Sox, but now I do. Um, if JD does opt out of his contract, and I feel like now with his back issues, he's not going to because a lot of teams are going to look at that and. Um, and feel concerned about it. But if he does opt out, would it be the worst thing if he left the Red Sox? Um, The worst thing? Maybe not. I mean, we'll be able to afford somebody else, I yeah. guess. But that, I feel like yeah. J.D., I feel like he should, I mean, you're right. It's not looking good now that he's having all these back problems and he had the option to, you know, he had his option at the end of this year. So worst thing? No, I don't think it's the worst thing, but I would rather keep him on the team. Yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was he would open it would open up some money to go after somebody else, but 
Um, but yeah, JD is better than most players in the league. So um, hopefully he can get this back issue fixed. Maybe if the Red Sox aren't in it in a few months or whatever, in, in a couple of weeks right now, they're nine games in the loss column behind the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and in the wild card, they are... They are... Ooh, they're only two games out of it behind uh, Texas for the second wild card. So I feel like if they drop out of that second wild card race, let's say in a month by the All-Star break, um, and maybe they just decide, okay, it's not this isn't going to work this season... I would just shut JD down and get him fixed for next year. Get him ready yeah. for next year. Yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the best option. Yeah, I don't know. But I think we we'll be all right, man. I right. think we'll be all right. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I, I worry about you sometimes. <clears throat> nah, no, really. you don't need to, but thanks. <laughs> all right, so the Yankees. Um, they missed out on Dallas Keiko over $1.4 million. And originally, I was like, because last, year I told, I, last week I told you this. I wasn't sure if I really even wanted Dallas Keiko, but then after we lost Domingo Herman, I was like, yeah, we, we should have definitely gone after Keiko. And especially learning that it was only over $1.4 million makes it hurt even more. So this is what happened. The Yankees offered Keiko a prorated uh, salary of $17.6 million, which is how much he would have made if he had accepted the qualifying offer from the Astros last season. Uh, the Braves went in and bid 20 mil. Um, for Dallas Keiko, did I say 1.4? It's actually 2.4 mil. Um, so he decided to go to the Braves for 2.4 million dollars more than the Yankees offered him. And then uh, on on the fan, Cashman explained that they didn't want they didn't want to exceed the 246 million dollar luxury tax tax threshold um, because if you exceed that number, you pay 62 percent. On every dollar spent over the original tax threshold, which is $206 million. That's confusing, but there's like tiers to this. Like 206 is the threshold. And then at, and then beyond that, there's another threshold and another threshold. If they pass 246 mil, then they pay 62% on every dollar over $206 million. And then Brandon Cuddy comes out of NJ.com and he reports that the Yankees are only at $227 million. So they're not nowhere near it. And they missed out on Keiko for $2.4 million, right? Then, am I confusing you yet? Or are you following me here? I'm I'm following you, but one day I gotta literally like look up this luxury tax. <laughs> Even I'm a little bit more confused now, but I'm I'm following you. <laughs> so then, uh, Cashman goes on the fan and says that when you lose in free agency, you hope that you're blown out of the water and not by the hair on your chinny chin chin. And that pissed me the fuck off because <laughs> what he's essentially saying is that 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 the Yankees are crying poor. Oh, we couldn't give them another two, three million dollars because, you know, he should have taken our money. You know, if he was going to go somewhere else, he should have gotten like five, six, seven million dollars more than we offered him. Fuck that shit. You're the Yankees. You're you're missing out on Luis Severino. You just lost Domingo Herman. You have Tanaka, Paxton and CeCe, who are three pitchers that can't go deep into games um, and sometimes give up too many home runs. You need a starter. You have one here who's a ground ball pitcher in Yankee Stadium, Dallas Keuchel. Come on, you could have you could have offered him three million more. He probably would have gone to you because it seems to me that he was just going to go to the place that offered him the most money. And the Braves did that. So why are you fucking going on the radio and saying shit like this? Like, yeah, it it, it kind of it like I don't know, man. It's annoying, and I feel like the Yankees have been like that for a minute now, where they're not willing to go like the little inch to get that player. Um, but who knows? I mean, Keiko hasn't made a start yet, right? 
No, he pitched in the minors. So he's been preparing with with uh, with Boris, and Boris claimed that he was game ready, that he would probably need only a couple of weeks before he could make his first start in the big leagues. And he, I think he won like seven innings in the minors, and he only allowed one hit, struck out nine hitters. So he looks good. Um, but still, it, it's it's like you said last week. It's depth that you can use, and and yeah, like your team can always your team can always get better. And with a team like the Yankees, like we said, like everything is it's all injuries with them now. Mm-hmm. Even worse, it's amplified. But even before your pitching staff was injury prone, like Paxton's injury prone, CC's injury prone. Uh, what's this dude Montgomery still hasn't come back? Yep. Severino now we can consider almost injury prone. Like I don't even know what his status is. Uh, I. I don't know. After the, the All Star break is what they're saying for Sevy. Yeah, which is still a you know it's still more. That's, it's a month. It's a month away. That's a long time. Yeah, you know. But that's but in the beginning of the year we had no idea that Sevy was going to be out this long. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like you can never you can never have enough pitching. It's just crazy that this is what we've come to. Where Dallas Keuchel he made 31 starts last year. He pitched with a sub four ERA. I don't remember exactly what it was. Sub four for me is good. I don't know about you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 31 starts. I think it was. And he's a former Cy Young winner, and this is what we've come to. We have to wait for a team so they don't have to give up their draft picks, and then mm-hmm. now it comes down to just like a million or two million dollars. Like I don't know. And for it, the it's, Yankees, it was only, for the yeah, Yankees especially, for the Yankees, yeah. And it was only a one-year <laughs> deal, right? That's it. It's one season, and then next he's a free agent at the end of the year. And then we have to go through this. We probably have to go through another waiting process with Keiko. He's probably gonna get lowballed and everything. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with baseball. Uh, I don't know why they mentioned the luxury tax thing being nowhere near over the luxury tax. Yo, so. they were $19 million away from it. May, I mean, yeah. maybe the, maybe Yankees fans can look at this and say, okay, you know, the whole $246 million thing, maybe the Yankees are thinking that they could get a, a Max Scherzer because by the time he becomes available, if he becomes available, he'll only be owed about half of what of what his salary is which is around that $20 million. So maybe we can look at it that way. Like, oh, maybe they're just keeping it open for for a Max Scherzer. But you can't you can't just wait on people. Like, what if he doesn't become available? Um, and now, by not getting a Dallas Keuchel, now you kinda, you're, you're kind of forced into making some sort of trade. And soon after the Domingo Herman injury was, was announced, rumors are coming out that the Yankees have talked to Madison Bumgarner's uh, um, agent, and that they've definitely been in talks with Mark uh, with Strowman's people, and it's like okay, you could have had Dallas Keuchel for just money for another fucking three million dollars. Now you're gonna have to give up some of your prospects, and you're probably gonna have to eat some of some some player salary on some level. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, you know what it is though? Like they're not trying to outbid anyone. They're not trying to go into a bidding war with anyone. They haven't. I I don't remember the last time the Yankees went into a bidding war on anyone. Uh, and they're also, they also don't have the best prospect. Like they have a great farm system to trade away pieces, but it's not like they have the best farm system. Like the Padres could go out and trade for anybody if they wanted to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they can get out, they can get out bid in that sense as well. So I don't know what it's like you said, they, I don't know what's the point in waiting, you know, right. why not, why not do what you can now? Uh, cause you don't know what's going to happen in, in the next month or so. You don't know if Severino is going to come back and if he does come back, how he's going to pitch. Exactly. Exactly, and and um, just become a Red Sox fan, man. No, nah, man, no thanks. Okay, like I li- I like that the Yankees are like are I like that we have turned into a team that's trying trying to win it without just throwing their money around. 
Um, you know, because that that's how we've seen player players like Gio Urshela and Aaron Judge and you know all these guys that have come up and impressed. But by the same token, by signing Dallas Keuchel for essentially half a season, you're not taking somebody else's job away. You're you're fixing a problem that the Yankees have in, in injuries. And like you said, this is a guy with experience who's played in big games, who's you know he ha- his his style of pitching is exactly what the Yankees need. They need a ground ball pitcher in Yankee Stadium, which is a bang box. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just, just like it's like it's like I've always said though. Like you have your prospects are already up here playing, right? Yeah. I know they're injured right now. Aaron Judge is injured and all that stuff. But if you don't try everything, you if you don't use all your resources to try to build the best team, and that includes signing big name players and hot, possibly having to you know live through the last three years of their career or contract where they suck, you know that that's part of it. Right. But that's some that's a resource. Like you might you might be giving up those. You might be having you might have to deal with the last three years of a player's contract sucking, right? Mm-hmm. But at least you get. That one Giannis Cespedes year where he helped the Mets get, get to the, the World, World Series, Series, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't use all those resources while while guys like Judge and Sanchez are up here playing in Glaber Torres, then what's the point of all this? Right. Like, are you just trying to get to the postseason every year or and not win the World Series because that might be what happens? You know, right. like the lack of depth might be what stops you from winning an, another World Series with mm-hmm. with this young group of guys. But what's the point of all if you're not trying to use all your resources? Right. You know, like it's, it's not like it's not like they're it's not like they're handicapped and can't spend money. They're choosing not to spend money. Yeah. Yeah. And and I hate to break it to people, but these young players that have come up who, you know, the Gio Urshela, I guess at this point, it's only Urshela who's left because Didi came back. Um, at some point, he's going to have to start playing to the back of his baseball card. If not, these baseballs are definitely juiced because <laughs> Because the, he the, he's playing at an a, like an incredible level at this point, and and this shit doesn't just it doesn't just happen overnight. So there's something you know there's something with the baseballs or something. I don't want to take credit away from him. He's a great defender and stuff. But at some point you'd have to believe. And last week we kind of saw it with the Yankees started losing more games. Their players weren't playing as as good as they had been playing prior to that. You know. Yes, Aaron Judge will return soon. Giancarlo Stanton will return soon. Luis Severino, that's an all-star three players right there. Um, but do we even know how they're, how they're going to you know how they're going to be when they when they come back? Because for Judge's injury, people miss more time than apparently he's going to miss because it sounds like he's he's on his way back already. Giancarlo's playing in minor league games and Severino after the all-star break. I don't know. Like you said, security blanket. Just go out and spend. What the fuck? The fact that that they just missed out on him by two point four million dollars is what pisses me off more than anything else. Because that's ahead, nothing sorry. to the Yankees. That's that's a week of attendance at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I read. I read Batances has had to be held back. Again. Yeah, he's he's gonna be shut down for a couple weeks. That's crazy. But real yeah. quick, how often do you have a team like the Yankees? And I'm trying to think who else has lived through stuff like this. But remember when Gary Sanchez got called up? Yeah. And he was putting up historic numbers and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Next year. <laughs> Music to my ears. <laughs> Next year, you get Aaron Judge. Now Aaron Judge is doing all this historic shit as a rookie and everything like that. And you're like, all right, cool, cool. You know, they he's he's living. He's going beyond his expectations for the Yankees. This mm-hmm. is crazy. You know, wow. You know, first Gary Sanchez, now Aaron Judge. You forgot Luis Severino. Then, Severino. 
I'm not, I'm I'm counting out pitchers in this oh, sense okay. because I feel like the pitching. You guys have great pitching now, but it, do you ever consider that like the strength besides the bullpen? I guess. You know, for, do you ever really consider the, the starting Yankees, pitching? No, they're a bull, they're a, bull, a bullpen heavy team with power. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. let's so let's I'm continue gl- with this. Go on. Yeah, so then you're like, all right, cool. We got Gary Sanchez. Now we got Aaron Judge. Like the Yankees are looking pretty good. Two superstars on the team. Then you get Glaber Torres the next year, nice. and he's putting up power historic numbers. And and then you get in Duhar, who's also breaking rookie records. Joe DiMaggio's mm. extra extra base hit record, which I don't I don't know if that was just a rookie record or or if that was an actual Yankees record. But anyways, <laughs> that's over with. Oh, and, not to mention, and, not, and the, no, and the, no, I'll ahead. mention, I'll mention it. Don't yeah. worry, I got, I got you, man. I got you. Luke Voigt. There it is. Comes out. Luke Voigt comes out of nowhere, Woo. and basically picks up. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Voigt comes out of nowhere, and he picks up for the lack of offense that you weren't getting from Greg Bird. Mm. So not only are you guys calling up these prospects that are, you know, going above and beyond what you thought they were in the power production and and offensive production in general. Because let's be honest, if Aaron Judge was projected to be this why why is he 25 when he gets called up why not 19 or 20 when he mm-hmm. got drafted whatever if glaber torres was hitting this many home runs why didn't he hit them in the minors whatever it's not no big deal if luke voigt was this good of a hitter why was he a, a journeyman triple a player you know mm. and then after all that you know you, your your players go down and you got guys like Urshela coming through and freaking. I mean, I, I can't include DJ LeMahieu because I've always felt like he was a good hitter. What a pickup, man! But do you see the point that I'm making? Yeah, and you forgot that Derek Jeter retired and then they signed Didi Gregorius. Yes, I guess <sighs> what I'm trying to say is how I understand that there's good organizations and bad organizations, mm-hmm. but you guys haven't really i'm talking in terms of these hitters that i've mentioned and you know mostly void and shell at this point actually everybody because everyone's going above their projections even though even though glaber torres was projected to be a great ball player and a great hitter he wasn't projected to hit these many home runs yeah. so i gotta I, i'm almost starting to question like what are they doing in the yankees organization i can't just i can't just think that it's all good scouting and you know uh the wearing the Yankee uniform and all this shit. There's there's something else going on, man. I I don't know. Is this a conspiracy theory? It might be. Ooh. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you don't think that it's a little at least, you know, you don't don't you at least question how many players have come up and just smashed the ball? Uh yeah, I mean, we've gotten we're definitely since since 2015 because in 2015 Greg Bird came up and, and had a monster like month or two or whatever, even though he's been a bust since then. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we've definitely been super fortunate with our prospects. Even Clint Frazier is a good play. He's not a good fielder, but he's a good hitter. Um, Estevan Florial, when he's been up, has been good. Tyro Estrada, by the way, who you didn't mention, was playing really good. Like on any other team, he's a starter. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think maybe it's like Space Jam. Maybe they're drinking that that uh, what do you, what do they call it in Space Jam? That 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 water that that makes them, you know, believe in themselves or whatever. I don't know. Could it be? Could it be that the Yankees at home have like a way to read pitches? Like maybe they they know every pitcher's what they're giving away what the pitcher's about to throw i don't know but their away record is similar to their home record no yeah so. they're I'm not, I'm not taking that away from them i'm just saying man come on like 
<laughs> how many guys are gonna come up? How many guys are gonna come up? And it's gonna be like, and look at this guy. Look, he he was a triple. They signed him to a triple A deal. Like he was a minor league contract. And look at him now, Luke Voigt, the savior. Oh, that's funny, man. You're so pissed off. You have Shavis. I'm not, I mean, no, no, I'm not. I'm not pissed off. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. It'd be like this for any team. I almost could say the same thing about the Astros pitchers. How many pitchers are gonna go through them that are, you know, Cy Young candidates? Yeah, and their minor league system too. Like they're they're stacked. And they're stacked I, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that whole the Astros pitching situation. All, all I'm gonna say is go to wttspod.com and go read a piece that I wrote called "How the Astros Stole." Um, trade secrets or something. I can't remember what the title is, but there's something shady within that organization because to me, it's no coincidence that anybody that gets traded to the Astros suddenly becomes the best pitcher in baseball. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, um, Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton, you know, all these guys, their minor league system is if I did this last season, I don't know how it, how it is this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same thing this season. But they ranked first or second, like in every pitching category, on all in all minor league levels. That shit is just nuts. Like that's to me, that's like way too much. Like yeah, you know something's going on there. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. All I want is a World Series, man. I don't, I don't care what these guys are doing in the clubhouse, if that's what you're insinuating. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. So you're so. All right, you know what? I'll ask that question once once all these guys start coming back. All right. I'll ask you a question about the World Series. Okay. The Yankees, this is the this is the first they have to win this year or they have to make an appearance at least because it'll be the first decade since like the 1910s that the Yankees don't make it to the World Series. Which Ooh. is fucking nuts. Um and I can't have that in my lifetime. That can't happen in my lifetime. <laughs> Let's talk some basketball, CT. I don't know if you caught game five of the Warriors-Raptors on caught the plane or whatever. A little bit. Um, but that was an epic game, especially the fourth quarter was amazing. Um, so they the Warriors did win by one point in Toronto to force a game six. They're going to be headed back to the Bay to play game six. And then if a game seven is forced, they'll head back to Toronto which I kind of don't like the, the way the NBA does it, but whatever. Um, so here's a couple of things. So I don't know if you, you saw this, but what Kawhi went on a tear at the end of the game, and it made me think, is he the new Black Mamba? Because this guy has no emotions. He's just a killer. You know, when he needs to be on, he turns it on, makes any shot, rebounds, everything, defense. This guy's amazing. Um but they go on this run where they take a six-point lead over the over the Golden State Warriors with like 90 seconds left in the game, and fucking Nurse, the coach for the for the Toronto Raptors, calls a timeout while they're going on this run and kills the momentum. I don't Man. know if you saw this part of the game, and no, I'm I didn't. I'm starting to wonder if that timeout could ultimately define the series for the Toronto Raptors. I feel like. With KD having his uh his what's what's that fucking the Willis Reed moment coming back from the injury or whatever, um it, it kicked the momentum toward the the Warriors and the Warriors are playing at a high level, and then he gets he he gets injured again. It turns out that it's an Achilles injury, which we'll talk about in a little minute. Um and you know I feel like I don't I don't I, I feel like. It's it's important that the Toronto Raptors 
win now because you saw what the Warriors are like with Kevin Durant on the court. They're they're by far the best team. Without him, I feel like Toronto can beat the Warriors. So I feel like at, at this point now, if the Warriors manage to win this championship, for me, it'll be their most impressive championship out of the out of the three. I guess this would be their third. Um, this would be their fourth. This would be their fourth. Well, and, third with third with Kevin Durant on the roster. Fourth okay. with Curry and fourth with Curry. Okay, and and um, no team has ever come back from from a three one in the finals except for the Cavs when they did it against the Warriors. Um, so I don't know. It would just make it way more impressive for me if the Warriors win this one. To me, this is the one that defines them. Uh, but it would be a bust for the for the Raptors. They have a, a, an opportunity here to to take it. And they missed out on it, man. They lost by one point. That shot that Lowry took at the end of the game, which was deflected by Green, I was like, "What the fuck, man? Like, why didn't Kawhi take that shot?" I, I, well, I they, don't know, man. Well, they were they were like double teaming him, so I don't blame him for n- not putting up the shot. And real quick, I don't know what to think about this series because the Raptors are getting it done. You know, they were up three one going mm-hmm. into yesterday's game, but the Warriors were missing. You know. Obviously, Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins hasn't been great. He's probably still going through, like, the, you know, the getting back into the game. I think he just came back this series, so he hasn't played since who knows when. Yeah. He didn't play at all in the playoffs. Um, and I think Klay Thompson was out one of the games, too. So yeah. I don't know if it's that the Raptors are this good or the Warriors are this injured and they're just kind of, like, trying to put the pieces together. But in that one game that the Warriors – in the one game that the Warriors did win um, – they went on like a 20 and 0 run to take the lead in that game. Yeah. So it's again, I don't know if it's the Raptors that are this good and they just don't know how to close our games and they they just don't know how to close out games and they're getting lucky. Uh it would be cool to see Kawhi Leonard win another finals. But I also in a, a part of me is also kind of rooting for the Warriors because I'm a big Steph Curry fan and for the first time ever they they're kind of like the underdogs because of injuries and because mm-hmm. of what the record is right now. Um Yo, and those those last uh, the Clay Thompson and the Steph Curry threes to end the game, those two, those two players are fuck, they're killers, man. And and yeah. and Clay Thompson, I think, is a free agent. So I wonder if he's he gonna is. stay, take less money. Um, the Raptors, the the Warriors are are gonna have a tough decision to make because of Durant and and Clay Thompson are both free agents. But that leads me into to, into the Durant conversation. So. His the team doctor Bob Myers comes out after after the game yesterday and he's like he's in tears. I don't know if you did you catch that CT? No, I I heard about it. I didn't I didn't see it though. All right, so let, let me just play the sound um and then I have a few questions about it. <sighs> Kevin had a, it's it's an Achilles injury. I don't know uh, the extent of it. He'll have an MRI tomorrow. Um. Prior to coming back, he went through four weeks with our medical team, and um, it was thorough, and it was experts, and multiple MRIs, and multiple doctors, um, and we felt good about the process. Uh, He was cleared to play tonight. That that was a collaborative decision. Um, I don't believe there's anybody to blame. But I understand this, this world, and um, if you have to, you can blame me. I, ru- I run our basketball de- operations department. And <laughs> what the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it almost sounds like somebody died or something. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, it's not that serious. He, so he's taking <laughs> he he's basically taking the blame for clearing Kevin Durant to go out and play yesterday. And um and so he reveals that it is an Achilles injury, but they don't know how severe the injury is. And after talking to my wife, who's a physician, she said basically it's it depends on the on the se- severity of the injury. If, it, if it's not a complete tear, he may not even have to have surgery. He could wear a cast, and it'll take you know several months, and he could be back on the court. If it is a complete rupture, if he ruptured his Achilles. Boogie Cousins had the same injury. He was out for almost a year. So we know what that looks like. Um, Hopefully it's not a rupture and it is just a tear that he just has to rest and let it heal or whatever um, because he is a free agent. And and that brings me back to this question. So if it turns out that KD does have a rupture, you know, what ha- you know what happens to him in free agency like does a yeah. team does a team spend money to bring KD in knowing that he's going to sit for a year um do the do the warriors sign you know keep KD or do they invest their, their money in Klay Thompson and making sure that he stays with the team i feel like KD is the loser in this whole thing and maybe that's why this guy's so upset because i don't know what he does now you know what i mean yeah maybe he maybe he's upset because he ruined Kevin Durant's free agency options um but it's not that serious like kevin durant i think Kawhi leonard set out a, sat out a whole year because even though they cleared him to play he said he wasn't ready to play mm-hmm. so i think kevin durant sh- had to know the severity of his injury you know right and how he and how he was feeling and i think he should have probably stepped up and said now nah, you know i'm not clear to play if anything, give me one more game. Even though there was no one more game, if they lost that game yesterday, it would, it would have been over. Right. But I, maybe Kevin Durant should have been a little bit more outspoken and said that he wasn't ready to play. Maybe that guy feels bad because he made the last decision, like the last go-ahead of like, yeah, go ahead and play. But um, I don't know what happens. As, as if this offseason didn't need any more storylines. Right. You know, like I'm already <laughs> sick of hearing Kyrie Irving, and I'm already sick of hearing Kevin Durant and all this shit in the offseason. But as if this thing didn't need any more of a roller coaster, now we have to deal with, like, what's Kevin Durant going to look like when he's fully healed? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's – and I also think he loses money by leaving Golden State Warriors. I think he loses money if he leaves. Yeah. If if uh, So – if you if you resign with your team, your current team can offer you more money than you can get in free agency. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be so that it's supposed to incentivize players to remain on their teams, as opposed to all the movement and all that shit. But we know though that for a player like Kevin Durant, a player like LeBron James, that doesn't matter because Kevin Durant's you know primary income comes from the NBA, but a lot of his income comes from other things that he's involved in too. And part of the reason why people speculated that he was going to go to New York to a Brooklyn team, to the Brooklyn Nets or to the Knicks or whatever is because I think his company is based out of New York or whatever. Um, But like I said before, I don't think it matters because of because, you know, you only play 41 games in your home court and you have you know, you have a lot of time off in the NBA. So um, but I think that I mean, I'm not sure exactly what his contract situation is. Like, is it that he can opt out of his contract or is he a full on? unrestricted free agent after the season i think he's a unrestricted free agent okay so then so then yeah as far as and and to your point kevin durant isn't going to go out on the court if he doesn't feel like he can play so it's not all on this doctor i understand you're you're the physician you had the power to say no you're not going to play because you're not completely healthy 
but you're you know you're not the only one making this decision and you know i don't blame the i don't blame him for this you know what i'm saying um but yeah like i said i think that in the end i think kd is the one that's gonna get screwed he's gonna miss out on a year worth of salary like to your point Kawhi decided i'm not ready to play so i'm not gonna play for this season and we gave him a lot of shit for it um if kd has a full rupture he literally cannot play so um you know does he get paid then will a team sign him or does he just take the year off you know what i mean i don't know it's gonna be interesting i don't know i I remember i I don't remember the last time a player of this caliber was ready to sign a new deal and like probably gonna miss and then you don't even know what he's gonna be like when he comes back i mean we boogie cousins was good this season so we saw that you could play at a high level but I don't know. Durant's a different body. He's a lanky dude. His legs are so skinny, man. When he when he went down yeah. on the court, that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, "Holy shit!" His legs look like a fucking rod. Like he's the he's the Durantula. The Durant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call but him, Durantula. I almost wonder if a team like the Knicks would be willing to say, "We'll we'll sign you. We'll oh, give yeah. you the money. Sit out for a year." You know what I if mean? If there's one, if there's one team that's gonna max out his contract it's it's if there's a team that's going to max out a kevin durant contract it's the knicks they're going to go all in on kevin durant <laughs> i don't know i want Kyrie really i mean uh Kawhi really bad so here's another question Kawhi leonard if he loses if they lose this championship uh this finals does he stay with toronto and prove that he can win with that team or he doesn't give a fuck again i think it's the same thing if he leaves toronto he's leaving money on the table so for him, I think it's different. I don't see Kawhi in like Jordan commercials and doing all this crazy shit to make more money in endorsements. So maybe for him, it is about the contract that he has to sign. He's LA uh, based. I know that he really wants to go back home to LA. So I'm wondering if the Lakers are going to try to make a move for him or the Clippers. Um, maybe. No, everybody's going to be in on Kawhi. Everyone's going to try to get him. But, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing if he stays with the Raptors. He basically owns that team now. Yep. After getting them to the finals. So. Again, I don't, how much does that play into an athlete's mindset of like where to play? Do you, do I want to be like, do I want to be like a god in my in the city that I play for, yeah. and it's a sold out crowd because Toronto the the Toronto crowd is crazy, uh, or do I want to start over in L.A. L.A. is gonna be crazy too, but do I want to start over and have to prove myself and do the whole thing all over again? You know? Yeah. And by know. the by the way, Kawhi, he's he's the only player that I can remember despising because of what he did with the Spurs. Um, that final season, although in retrospect, I guess I respect that he had the balls to say, I'm not going to play cause I don't feel like I'm ready to play or whatever. Um, but now I'm like in love with this dude, man. I want, I want this guy in the worst way on the Knicks. Derek Rose did that too. I think. Did he? Derek Rose was cleared to play. Uh, I think I'm, I could be wrong because I, I, I watched the NBA, but I don't really pay attention to it like that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of drama that's annoys the hell out of me. Um, but I remember Derrick Rose, I think the Bulls were in the playoffs that year and he was cleared to come back, but he chose not to play because he said something about him wanting to be able to walk down the graduation thing with his son. I get it. His son graduate, you know? Yeah, I get that. I mean, if you don't feel ready to play, you know, I, you, you can't knock these players, man. This is, you know what I mean? Like this could potentially end their, their career. Something could potentially end your career. Like think of, yeah. of Joe, Joe Theismann of the Washington Redskins. Wow. He was in the prime of yeah right. He was in the prime of his career when when Lawrence Taylor sacked his ass and cr- broke his fucking leg in half, and he couldn't play anymore after that. You know what Jesus. I mean? Like, 
<laughs> I know that I know that was an extreme example, but like, what if what coked if the, out <laughs> coked out Lawrence Taylor <laughs> breaking somebody's leg? Yeah, I know. I don't know, man. I know that these guys are millionaires, and a lot of us look at these players and and think that they're spoiled and this this and that. But after basketball, what's what is there for for a lot of these guys? For a guy like Durant, there's still more more more. After, there's there's life beyond basketball, just like LeBron and stuff. But to your point, I don't know what Kawhi's involved outside of this, um, or any of these other players, or, or Rose. It sounds like Derrick Rose was a really, really loves his family and wanted to be there for him. I mean, when he found out that the that he was traded from the Bulls, it came out later on that he started crying. He didn't want to leave Chicago. I think he was from Chicago or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you have to humanize these players, and you have to think. Also, this is completely off topic, but. If these guys are millionaires, then what are their owners? You know what I'm saying? They're filthy rich, yeah. but we don't talk shit about them, you know? In a um, booming in a booming uh business of like the NBA of what it is today. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um so I wanted to mention a couple of things before we sign off. CT, we haven't talked about TV in a while. I started watching Barry on HBO. Have you heard of Barry? Is that the show where he's he's an assassin? Yes. I want to watch that. Is it good? I didn't just start watching a CT. My wife and I binged the shit out of it. She was off last week, and we fucking killed both seasons. Yo, Wait, it's but good. This, this is the this is the guy that's the cop in uh in super bad. Super bad, yeah. Bill Hader. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, we're thinking about the same show. Yeah, well, all right, cool. It's, I'm gonna watch that. It's funny as hell. It's not only is it funny, but it's it's like it kind of reminds me of um what's that movie Pineapple Express where it's like. It's a comedy, but there's serious moments in it, like serious action sequences and stuff like yeah. that. It's kind of like that. It's not as silly. There's there's moments where it's very serious and you feel for him and you feel bad and stuff. A lot of stuff happens, um, but it's definitely worth watching. It's a really good show. I think we watched season one in like two days and season two, it took us like a, like three or four days. Um, wow. So definitely I, watch Barry. I started watching uh, The X-Files again. Oh, really? I don't know why. You went back? Season five. No, I mean, and I, I I only stopped watching it because Netflix stopped sh- streaming it. Right. But we also have Hulu, so it's on Hulu, and I started watching it again. And I love that show's real story about like what the government is doing to cover everything up. Mm-hmm. But you know how? Have you ever watched the X Files? Maybe season one back in the day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I like the show, but I have noticed it's very outdated. Mm-hmm. You know, in the terms of how of how they do certain scenes, like. Or not not the not the CGI effects because or if it, if it's even CGI I don't I don't know these days but whatever effects they have I that part's outdated I get it but I mean yeah. like the the uh, the dialogue sometimes feels outdated it feels too dramatic for it's me. network but, TV I've noticed network yeah. TV dialogue is never good or, or like, yeah it's like I I noticed that network TV dialogue in some sense but there's some episodes that are so creepy and like so suspenseful that I, I'm like amazed by that show sometimes mm-hmm. and they have a storyline that has to deal with like the government and like aliens and shit mm-hmm. but every two episodes or three episodes they they go away from that storyline and they actually do like a a case for that day so it could be like a case about like bigfoot and agent Mulder has to go figure out bigfoot do some shit about bigfoot you know mm-hmm. and those episodes i'm kind of tired of already like i just <laughs> want to know about the real underlying story like the real point of all this that's the but, worst when especially if you, if you were watching it at the time 
and you are into these shows come out weekly and you're you want to find out what's going to happen in the storyline and then the, the next episode is a, is a, a is something completely unrelated to the story that's the most to me that's the most frustrating thing how many like, shows are uh, like that though a lot of shows like uh the walking dead started doing that like where, where it not that it was unrelated but they'll 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 take you on the storyline and and end it on in a completely suspenseful way where you can't wait for the next week, and then the next week they'll delve into another story that connects to it. Oh, I get you. But where it doesn't connect later on, I'm just like, are you fucking? You couldn't play this later, like after you revealed well, to me what the fuck I was so suspense suspenseful over or whatever. Well, yeah, well that's the thing. Walking Dead is doing something that all ties together at some point. In this case, it's like we're 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 trying to figure out if aliens exist and what the government is doing to cover it up. And it's a crazy storyline. Don't get me wrong. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like double agents and you know they're they're i don't I, i'm what I'm, it's already the fifth season and i still don't know if aliens are real or not you know <laughs> they they keep they keep throwing all these twists at you and shit and then yeah. they start bringing native americans into it and all this crap and everything and it's cool but then out of nowhere they'll have an episode where it's kind of like oh what's in the water in michigan like yeah. you know like something's happening with the water but it has nothing to do with anything else it's like it might be like a local person is like shitting in the water and causing <laughs> causing <laughs> like nice. problems. You know. By the way, know. Vince Gilligan, the writer, the creator of Breaking Bad, was a writer on on the X Files. Let's go, man! I knew I knew there had to be something like that because it's a great. The real story behind it is great. It's a great storyline. <laughs> they just make you go through some random episodes that have nothing to do with it, and, and then you're like, oh shit! Now I remember why I kind of wanted to stop watching this. I have I have another recommendation. I'm still on my documentary kick, but there's this uh, there's this documentary called "Mommy Dead and Dearest." It's on HBO. <clears throat> I don't know if you have HBO Go or whatever. It's available there, and it's by this this documentarian. She's a young a young woman named Erin Lee Carr. She's a very good director. She's made a, a, a few really good movies. She she did uh fuck she did the 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 women's gymnastics one that's on HBO as well. There's a few other ones that she's made that are really good. But Mommy Dead and Dearest has to be one of the craziest fucking stories I have ever heard of in my life. That did I talk about this already on the podcast? I'm not I don't remember. Okay, so it's about this woman um the the name gypsy uh what, what the fuck is the name the 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 daughter's name was gypsy rose the mother's name was i don't remember what the mother's name was it doesn't matter but anyway so she had this kid or whatever and she and her husband got divorced her husband is from louisiana hurricane katrina displaces gypsy rose and her mother and her mother is basically uh what is the munchausen's disorder where you make your child sick so that you know they pay attention to you or whatever she she does that to this kid and she victimizes her and makes her think that she's paralyzed from the waist down in a wheelchair and she keeps her locked in the house and then gets a whole bunch of free shit from like the government like she'll get checks from the government or she'll get like a -A make-a-wish foundation trip for free or whatever and people sending money and then it turns out that this kid was is not sick. She can walk. And she plans the murder of her mother, has her mother killed by this guy that she met online. And it's just fucking nuts, man. You have to watch one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. And then like a couple days later, I'm I'm watching TV and I see a commercial for a show called The Act on Hulu. And they made a series about it. I didn't even know about this. It just came out. It's called The Act. It's- it's about the what you just described. It's about what I just described, but the documentary this like 
I, I don't even I I'm like at a loss for words because I don't even know how to describe. It's just so fucking nuts. It was it's like one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. So I need um, to watch I need to watch the Fire Festival, which I downloaded for the plane ride, but I knocked uh-huh. out. Uh, <laughs> I need to watch Leaving Neverland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to watch that one you just mentioned. Mommy Dead and Dearest. Yeah, I need to watch a lot of shit, and I also want to watch the Assassin show. Which one is that one? The one where the Barry. Oh yeah, Barry. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely watch that. All right, yep. man. So I'll see. I'll see you in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man. Documentaries. I, I, I use. I always like documentaries, and I stopped watching them for a little while. And I don't know if it's the crime podcasts and shit that I listen to. I have a few podcasts that are, that are good as well. Um, like like uh, what's it called? L.A. To live and die in L.A. is fucking amazing. Um, the serial podcast, things like this. But the I remember my wife and I, like when we first started dating, sometimes on a Friday night, we'll just stay in and watch Dateline. And I remember being hooked with those shows because it's kind of the same thing. It's like a crime, crazy story um, yeah. show. And I don't know. I'm kind of back into it. But yeah, Mommy, Dead, and Dear is, is nuts. Crazy ass story. Creepy as fuck. Um, don't date anybody online. Oh, <laughs> by the way, the girl's the one that plans out the murder of her mother. The girl takes a plea deal. She's going to be out of prison by the time she's 32 years old. The guy that she started dating online, who she convinced to kill her mother, doesn't take a plea deal. This guy is also special, by the way. Like, clearly, there's something there. Like, some Asperger, something's going on with him mentally. The cops, uh, and you know, have him basically admit what he did. He's going to be in prison for life. He's going to die in jail. Um, That's crazy. And his girlfriend, who was involved... And wrote it on Facebook after it happened. I, I murdered that fat pig or whatever she wrote on Facebook. She's going to be getting out of jail by the time she's 32 years old. It's crazy. That is... I'm gonna have to, I'm really going to have to watch that. Yeah. It's not that long either. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. <clears throat> Shit, man. All right. <laughs> Give me the chills over here, bro. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, so, yeah. Don't, don't go... Don't date people online and don't murder people, please. Um... That's all I got for today. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, I was a good message. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, let's end it. Let's end it on that. All right. Don't forget, people, to please drop a five-star rating and a review for the podcast. I've noticed over the last couple of weeks that we've gotten a, four, a few more uh, ratings, at least. Um, thank you for that. Keep them coming. Um, it helps people to listen, to find our show. Uh, we feel like we put put out quality content every week. We'd love to hear what you like about the show. Um, if there's something you don't like about the show or something you, you feel like we should add on to the show, feel free to email us, email us at welcome to the show pod at gmail.com or drop a comment on our website or on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you find us. And uh, we, you know, fan interaction is very important to us. So once again, thank you for those ratings. Keep them coming. And music is by VM Varga, Varga and Rapternal Music by Naughty Production. Our logo is by Luigi Gomez. CT. Peace. Peace.